welcome to our third and final podcast of the Easter season. We are following along with Peter, hearing this question that Jesus asked him three times. Do you love me? When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, Follow me. And this is what we do alongside Peter as we reflect on this passage as we turn our heart and mind and body and soul towards the Lord and his word. When I hear the question, do you love me? Many different scenarios go through my head. Some of us might hear our own voice or maybe someone else's. A lot of times when this question is asked, it's filled with insecurity, a need for affirmation. This is not the Lord's voice. He is not insecure or unsure or needing Peter's reassurance. Jesus is asking the question for Peter's benefit. 
because Peter needs to hear his own self say in his own words, yes, I love you. And when I hear Jesus' response again, it's tempting to put it through my own human lens. When someone in our lives questions our love, maybe they even respond with an ultimatum. If you love me, you will do this. Or maybe it's the opposite. You must not love me because you didn't do this particular act. Or said a certain phrase or words we needed to hear. As we hear these scriptures, as we read them together, it may be hard to distinguish our own voice from the Lord's or other voices. So when we hear Jesus, we may even feel this sense that he needs Peter to somehow prove his love. Does the Savior of the universe who died for our imperfect love need Peter to prove his love? Does he need us to prove ours? No. As he responds to Peter and us alongside him, he knows. He knows Peter will continue to struggle with imperfect love. He already has. Yet, Jesus is encouraging Peter to become who he knows Peter is created to be. His commands are not live perfectly or even fix the sheep or make sure the sheep have no problems. He says, tend and feed. There is an art and love to his commands for us. How can this free us going forward in our callings and lives? Where are we trying to get it right? Where do we need to consider the call to tend, to create, to join the work already being done before us? What we know to be true is the Lord gives Peter and his followers his spirit. He says this is even better than if he remained in his bodily form. We are never alone in the work 
he calls us to. In the lobby of our church is a beautiful painting called Care to Dance. Casey Henderson, an artist who lives here in town, painted it in light of this Easter season. When Casey describes the process of painting, she talks about layers. The layers that her canvases hold. Changes that come about even as she paints. Mistakes, possibly. Her paintings are actually a series of layers of complexity. It almost is a dance itself. Her process seems to be an invitation from the Lord where Casey is both artist and student as the spirit moves in her to create. I was moving Casey's painting one morning with great trepidation. I was aware of the value and the beauty I was holding and afraid. Afraid I would mess it up or break it. I think of God's world and how it's already been broken. We did it. We were a part, are a part of breaking it. And still God asks us to stay, to stay and tend. He says, yes, things may be broken, but you will also create beauty from that brokenness. You will paint or heal or prescribe or teach or clean, or cook, or serve, or write, or calculate, and bring goodness and wholeness through my spirit. He extends an invitation to Peter and to us to create and co-labor with him in the work he is doing in our world. What could that look like in your home? In our homes? What could that look like in our neighborhood? In our jobs, our vacations, in our city and world? I think of one teacher continues to give and create opportunities for her students to learn in tangible and thoughtful ways. I think of a grocery store worker who truly considers the items she's placing in her customers' bags. Would their family enjoy this replacement? I think of a doctor who wants the experience 
of his coming into his office, of patients coming into his office to be encouraging, just just their walking into the space. He wants them to know wholeness. I think of a neighbor who plants flowers where others can see, even though she cannot from her windows. She tends her yard and offers flowers out of it to others. Let's spend some time imagining and encouraging one another, even creating beauty together. We remember we cannot fix or control this world. But we can co-labor with our king in creating beauty and hope through his spirit in our world. <laughs>